Hollow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin's wide range of beautiful wood designs can be painted, stained, or unfinished to complement any decor. Put no money down, no payment, and no interest for up to 24 months. Visit PellaWI.com. Expires 9-30-2022. Certain restrictions apply to showroom for details. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Here's what we're not going to do on today's program. We are not going to wallow in misery of what probably... One of the worst Wisconsin football weekends in a long time. Uh, you've got the University of Wisconsin-Madison laying that egg against Washington State at home. And then yesterday's Packers game. As, as I said to Steve, my take on it, the Packers were clearly outplayed. But still, I, I, if you watch football games, it's... And look, I, when Bart Starr, when Bart Starr was the coach of the Packers, and it seemed like they, they went 8-8 eight and eight every year, he'd have this press conference at the end of the year, and he'd say, well, you know, if we would have made these X number of plays, if we would have made these six plays, this team would have been 13-1 and one instead of, you know, back when it was a 14-game season, instead of, you know, 8-8 eight and eight or 7-7 seven and seven or, or whatever it was. And, and you can always make the other argument is, well, maybe you wouldn't have won as many games as you did if you didn't make those plays. In football, at least in my opinion, it, it really comes down to a couple opportunities for big plays every game. And if, and I, again, I think the Packers were clearly outplayed, but if the new receiver Watson doesn't drop that touchdown pass on the first play of the game, it is a different game. If the Packers figure out a way to score when they have first and goal on like the eight yard line and or they get in on that fourth and one, it, it's a different game. So you know they score those, those two touchdowns in the first half and they've got fourteen points, it, it just it's completely different. So you, you don't know it's tough to take too many things from one particular game other than uh, clearly, there's some problems with the offense, and clearly the defense just got shredded. And the, the, the fact, I did send out this tweet. I just, you know, when you've got this receiver who's just running with nobody within 10 yards of him, how? I mean, how do people get that open? And I thought you, you might want to consider covering him, and maybe they got around to that at the end, but by then it was too late. So that, that's my only comment. Next week is another week. All right, we do this from time to time on the program when there are – when there are stories that affect to one degree or another all of us. I like to take at least a segment of the program and turn it into kind of an electronic town hall so we can see how people are doing. Uh, we, we have gotten pummeled by rain over the last 24 hours. If you are in the southern part of our listening area, you got hit harder. I mean, I live a little bit to the north, and we, we got a bunch of rain, but it's – I, I think, you know, two inches, three inches, nothing, nothing like people who, for example, live in, in Racine had. So none, none of the flooding, at least out where I live, knock on wood, no power losses, some pump keeps running and things like that. So it, it, it was not the further north you live, at least my experience, at least, at least my experience was it, it wasn't as bad as if you lived to the south. 
But as we've been telling you all day, the, the freeway, you know, I-94 has been closed out in Waukesha County because of this just enormous flooding under one of the bridges and um, traffic is backed up. It is just a complete and total cluster bumble. And I know it's been causing all sorts of problems. If you look at the v- uh, videos for film around here, you see people, you see school buses that have driven off the road and they're in ponds. And I, I know that, you know, the deep tunnel is not deep enough and they're going to start dumping. But just one segment. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How bad has it been where you are? Like I say, I like to use this program just as an opportunity for an electronic town hall when we're all experiencing this. Where are you and how bad has it been? Have you had problems with flooded basements? Have you had, you know, substantial problems with power outages and things of the like? You're not able to get out of the house. 855-616-1620. It was an extraordinary rain event, particularly in the southern part of our listening area. How bad has it been? 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. 855-616-1620. And I believe our phone lines are, we were operating with like two phone lines for the better part of last week. I think we're back to full force right now. Uh, we're, electronic town hall. Just how bad, how bad was it? We're not going to spend a lot of time with this. Cause like I say, in where I, I live to the north of, of the, the city. Um, and it's, it, it was wet. But, you know, no flooding, thankfully, no power losses. I, mean, I was able to take the dog out a couple times. And, you know, we had steady rain, but it wasn't it wasn't this nine-inch stuff that you're talking about. Let's talk to Steve in Bayview. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Hi. How you doing? Real well, thank you. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, I'm, in, uh, I'm in the St. Francis Tippecanoe Bayview area. Sure. And I guess we were blessed. Even though we had a lot of rain, there are no streets flooded, uh, no, my basement isn't flooded. I haven't seen any uh, pumpers out in front of anybody else's basement. So I guess we were blessed people, and you know, life carries on for us. And I'm yeah. sorry for the people who are experiencing, uh, you know, f- uh, flooding. And uh, I guess that's what happens when you try to pack too many people into uh, given square footage areas of uh, of land. Well, I'm saying it's also Steve when 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 you get nine inches of rain in a, in a really short period of time. The, the reality is you, you can't, you know, deal with some of that. I was watching before the the Packers game yesterday, I was watching the, the Bears game at Soldier Field. And, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was raining like no one needs to get ready to build a boat. And I was thinking, boy, if that comes up here and it really starts hitting us, we're going to have problems as well. And, obviously, again, it was worse in the southern portion of our listening area. John in Milwaukee. John, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing is the question. <laughs> Uh, actually, uh, not too bad. I'm taking a positive spin on it today. That rain you were talking about, I was actually at the game yesterday in oh. Minneapolis, pretty much from Toma all the way to Milwaukee, just downpour wow. the entire time. But today, with the uh, with, with this closures on 94, I'm a commuter to UW, and it was about an hour and 40 extra on the time when I looked at it. Well, so I decided I'm just going to play hooky today. Did a complete U-turn <laughs> and head back home because there was no way I was going to make it back for classes. Yeah, no, that, that, that's that's actually that's smart. Sometimes it's you know by the time you get, I mean, I'm looking at our, our cameras, and, and even though we have been reporting about this closure all day, um, it, you can still see 
that there there are people they're they're backed up and wherever they're getting them off they're I mean the, the line looks like it goes back a, a mile or two so I mean the bottom line is till they reopen the freeway you want no part of being on the freeway that's just kind of the reality because all you're going to do is be forced off at some point in time Jeff I live about two miles west of the expressway closure I fortunately live on a hill so I haven't had any water problems personally I emptied six inches of rain out of my rain gauge early this morning and now it's close to another half inch in it since it filled up overnight we could have had at least seven inches total jeff power outage in our area half an inch of water in the basement from some pump not pumping yeah that's 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 always the fear that you end up having jeff i'm near appleton we've had no problems with the rain yet just unfortunate that the rain seemed to come on the weekend you know every week this summer no power outages or major major flooding out here just a lot of rainy days well again that's the it, it and I think we'll get to a couple texts a little bit later on. It, again, it's kind of hit or miss, too, because there's parts of our – look, everybody got rain. But there's parts of southeastern Wisconsin that just got hammered, like nine inches of rain in Racine, and other parts that got wet, but nothing like um, this. Jeff, in Cedarburg, my rain gauge had five inches this morning. Um, late last night, the sump pump was running every other minute. Thank goodness the power did not go out out um yeah there's no question about that jeff my friends rain gauge in the garage near grant park in south milwaukee seven and a half inches 7.44 actually but wow Wow. Jeff, I'm from Sheboygan. It's sunny. It's not bad here. We've had no issues. I watched the video of the plows moving water on 94. Glad they are pumping the water out now. Jeff, I'm in Bristol, about 12 miles south of Racine. We got four inches. Racine got nine inches of rain. Um, wow. Just, you know, nothing, no doubt about it. Jeff, um, 8.5 in Muskego. It was just constant. Jeff, my basement is wet. I needed to clean it up so it gives me the reason to get it done. I live on first and Holt. Yeah, that's the I mean, that's the you know, the the thing that's going on there because I'm not you know, it used to be we, we'd carry on about the deep tunnel pumping and dumping stuff. But the truth of the matter is, when you get these epic rainstorms, the choices are it has to go out to the lake or it goes into people's basements. So I, I think it makes sense to put it out in the lake. We're always going to have to deal with this in extraordinary weather events till Milwaukee finally gets around to separating the storm sewers from the combined sewers because otherwise the deep tunnel is never, ever, ever going to be deep enough with these huge rain events. But still, you, you can't have stuff coming into people's basements. Let's talk to um, Mary Lynn. Mary Lynn, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon. I live off of 16 and Capitol Drive. I've never seen so much traffic in cars and trucks ever. They're all getting off to go wherever they have to go. It's like a traffic jam out there. Yeah, so I mean, th- that's that's why if people are thinking about going, getting on the freeway, on, getting on I ninety four, don't <laughs> because no. because there's there's no. no there's nowhere to go until they they open it up. So it, it's just amazing. You it's like living you're like living on a on a main thoroughfare with slow moving trucks all getting off the freeway, huh? Right, and it's really normally very quiet around here, but. My gosh, there's a lot of traffic out there. <laughs> so, so how did you come okay. through? Did you did you have flooding or anything where you are? No, just the pond in the middle of our condo group got a little high. Yeah, 
but yeah. Uh, there was no water. Good. Well, I hope it stays that way. Thanks for the call. Jeff, I'm in Oak Creek. 7.75 inches, power out for eight hours. Thank goodness for generators. Um, Jeff, 6.25 inches where I live in Waukesha. Um, Jeff, I live in Racine, and my basement last night reminded me of the movie A River Runs Through It. Yeah, that's 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 bad. Um, Amy, Amy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Um, thank you very much for taking the call. Yes, I I had no problem. Hello? Yep. yep, you're on the air. Go ahead. Oh, I'm on. Okay, thanks. Sorry. Um, I had no problems. I live actually up in Glendale. I work in the Walkers Point area. I just wanted to make the observation that we really have uh, have to credit the Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewerage District for a lot of the reason why this wasn't as more problematic uh, an event, given all of that rain. In addition to the deep tunnel, they have been working over the last couple of decades at purchasing back properties, particularly in the Wabatosa area, where there was constant flooding. They have turned those areas into more green space right. and have added a lot of green space to help um, help with this kind of uh, excess rain situation. So even though there was an overflow this time because you just can't plan and manage to that much water, I think past, if this had happened 20 years ago, oh it would have been a much more serious oh. situation. No. And a lot of that is because of the forward thinking of the MMSD. Thanks for calling me. Well, you know, it... it it's tough to, for me to go along with all the forward thinking, but it, but there is, it's definitely better now than it was. I, I, I remember, ah, gosh, it must have been 15, 20 years ago. I used to live in Whitefish Bay and we had a, a very dear friend of ours, very dear friend of mine to this day. She lives in this house and, and the basement flooded three times in three weeks. And it was just, you know, the, the first, and I'm not talking flooded. I'm, I'm talking like inches and inches of rain to the point that you have to replace the furnace and you have to replace the hot water heater and you have to do all that. And then you do it. And then it, it happens again. And one of the things that, that the village ended up doing is ex- exactly that. They reconfigured some space and turned it into green space and turned it kind of into a catch basin. And then they went and they started pulling up some of the pipes and opening them up and it, and it's made it better. At the same time in, in Milwaukee and I, I don't even think you can argue about this anymore until and unless they finally take the step of separating the sanitary sewers from the storm sewers in the remaining parts of Milwaukee and Shorewood, you're you're still going to have problems. And even if you do that, I mean, I I appreciate what Amy's saying. I'm not sure if you get seven or eight or inches over a, a short period of time whether it's uh, it's going to make any difference. Jeff, the storm was no joke. My wife and I were flying back from Texas, landed about 9.15 p.m. The turbulence coming into Milwaukee was pretty bad. It's the worst turbulence I've ever experienced in a flight. Very nerve-wracking. Everyone applauded when we landed. Yes, Jeff, I'm in Greenfield. It's fine where I am. No flooding, and we have power. Well, I think that's that's great. Jeff, I'm two miles northeast of the Highway 60, Highway 16 I-94 issue. We had a lot of rain, but my sump pump never went on. My basement is dry, and we never lost electricity. Um, yeah, Jeff, I'm glad that the, um, this is somebody from Hales Corners. Jeff, I'm glad the power stayed on here since my sump pump ran every 30 seconds. Can you imagine if this storm would have been snow? Well, it would have been a mess. Okay, bottom line is we're, it appears that, again, I'm looking at the, the weather map and it looks like the rain is 
large, I mean, can we have some more showers and stuff? Does it look like it's circling? Yeah, but the, the worst, it appears, is is over. And actually, as I was driving in today, the sun was coming out a little bit. It is amazing, though, when you have these weather events, it really kind of does depend on what area you are in. But if you're if you're struggling, I, I really do feel your pain if you've got the water in the basement and things like that. We will continue to keep you updated. It looks from our traffic cameras like they've they, they've largely dried out the freeway. And I don't see the standing water that we saw a while ago. But obviously, they're still working on that. We'll continue to keep you updated. But again, just a quick traffic note. If you've got to go from, say, I don't know, you're trying to get from Milwaukee to Oconomowoc or Oconomowoc back to Milwaukee, pick pick a different way. Don't You, you don't want anything to do with I-94 at the moment because if you get on I-94, what's going to happen is you're going to get diverted off of I-94, which means you're going to be in an epic, epic traffic jam. So save yourself some trouble and do what one of our callers did, which is reschedule stuff or take a day of hooky or find an alternative route. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Hey, Wisconsin, the leaves are starting to fall, and you know what that means. It's time for the Wagner Home Improvement Showcase, presented by Great Midwest Bank. This week, we're featuring Outdoor Living Unlimited, the premier outdoor living specialists. You can contact them at their number, 262-567-4513, or visit their website. It's OutdoorLivingUnlimited.com. It's Wagner's Home Improvement Showcase on Wisconsin's radio station, 620 WTMJ. Well, if you weren't keeping track... Before the big rainstorm, another weekend and and more crime-related debacles. Now, first of all, you're at a point where if you try to cross the street in the city of Milwaukee, you literally take your life into your own hands. Where, where do we start? Milwaukee police are investigating a crash involving a pedestrian that happened Sunday, September 11th near Franklin Place and Brady Street on the east side. It occurred at 11.53 p.m. The victim, a 32-year-old man, was in the street when he was struck by a vehicle. The vehicle fled the scene. The man is in grave condition. That is that is not good. So you, you have you know that situation uh, as well. Woman struck and killed in a hit-and-run crash, Milwaukee police say. A 36-year-old Milwaukee woman died early Saturday after she was struck in a hit-and-run crash on the city's northwest side. Police say that crash happened at 1.40 a.m. in the 6200 block of West Fond du Lac Avenue. The driver, wait for it, did not stop. After colliding with the woman, police are continuing to search for suspects in the incident. The woman, who was not identified, was rushed to the hospital and later died of her injuries, police said. This this is a daily occurrence. And and this is is standard operating fare around here. You, you have pedestrians that are being hit and killed, and you have their murderers that are just driving off and daring the police to find them. It, it happens over and over and over again. Through Thursday, Milwaukee had reported 43 fatal crashes that took the lives of 44 people. Those do not include Saturday's hit and run, and it doesn't include the one from yesterday. So you're really now at this point where it has gotten so bad with the reckless driving and the irresponsible driving and the criminals that I I don't know what to tell you. But other than the fact that 
you know, we, we would kid around sometimes that you, you take your life, life into your own hands. If you're, you're driving, like on some of the areas around here, you drive Capital Drive, you take your life into your own hand. Well, now, if you're walking, and you happen to try to cross the street, you take your life into your own hand as well. And until we start treating reckless driving seriously, and until we start locking up the people who are responsible for reckless driving before they kill people, not waiting until after they kill somebody before we say, hey, this is a big deal, this stuff is going to go on and on and on. But it's not just the the reckless driving. Over the weekend, there were a number of shootings, as there always are. But once again, you're starting to see the young people that are shot. The Milwaukee Police Department is investigating after a 16-year-old was shot and killed Sunday morning. Officials say the shooting happened around midnight near 65th and Villard. When officers arrived, they found the teen suffering from gunshot wounds. He was taken to a local hospital where he died. They are seeking unknown suspects. So here you have Saturday night, Sunday morning. It's around midnight. you got a 16-year-old that's out at 65th and Villard. And you know the kid is up to, you know, what what is he doing out and 65th and Villard at midnight. And this is, of course, part of this ongoing pattern. Last week, we talked about a number of the high-speed chases that the police were involved in last week. In one case, remember, it was a 12- and a 15-year-old, two girls, 12 and 15, who were leading the cops on a high-speed chase at 1.40 in the morning. Then there was the other story about the four kids, ages 14, 14, 15, and 16, who lead the police on a high-speed chase that ends up in a crash, again, at 2 o'clock in the morning. So it's one thing after another on the mean streets of Milwaukee involving children who should not be out on the street and yet are. And as a result of that, they're, they're stealing cars, they're leading the cops on high-speed chases, and they're getting killed. They're getting killed. I'm sorry, a 16-year-old should not be out on the streets at midnight. 12- and 15-year-olds shouldn't be driving cars at 2 o'clock in the morning. And and what really got me started about all this is, as I was reading about these stories, remember... A couple months ago, after all the carnage that went on in the Water Street area, with much fanfare, you had the mayor and you had members of the Common Council who all appeared and they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to start enforcing our, our curfew rules. I mean, this, this is what we're going to do. You know, remember, Milwaukee has a curfew for people under 17. And we're going to start enforcing this. Milwaukee's curfew ordinance says that anyone in the city who is under 17 years old must be accompanied by a parent or guardian, you know, after 10 o'clock and then after 11 o'clock on Friday and Saturday night. If found in violation, kids and their parents face separate fines between $90 and $200. And remember, there was the mayor and there are all these people here. We're going to start enforcing this curfew because nothing good happens at 2 o'clock in the morning on, on the mean streets of Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Well, what's happened to that? Our, our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I mean, I, I, I said at the time that I thought it was almost ridiculous to kind of talk about this curfew because, you know, we, we can't stop the 12-year-olds and the 13-year-olds from stealing cars and, and leading the cops on high-speed chases. But I, I, I guess if you're going to have this curfew and you're going to tout it and you're going to be aggressive about it and you're going to get scoop the kids up off the streets and you're going to go after their parents for letting them out there, maybe, just maybe, you would discourage some people from being out there. But it certainly doesn't sound like this has gotten any sort of enforcement 
enforcement at all. I mean, how many parents do you hear being fined, you know, $900 or a thousand bucks the first time you find that they're, they're, they're no good kid out on the street, you know, in a stolen car at the age of 15 at two o'clock in the morning? Our number is 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. If we're going to have this curfew, shouldn't we aggressively enforce it? Because can't we all agree that having 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 and 16-year-old kids running the streets at midnight or 1 or 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, nothing good comes of that at all. So if we're going to have this ordinance, why don't we aggressively enforce it? And I understand there's limited sort of resources, but maybe if we made a commitment and assigned task forces and said, whenever you see kids out on the street, boom, grab them. If they're in violation of that curfew, boom, take them to wherever you're going to take them. And then when their parents show up to pick them up, give their parents those $900 fines. I mean, or or let's just remove the curfew from the books. 855-616-1620. We discuss. We got to get out. That, if you wonder, is probably the new anthem from the city of Milwaukee. we got to get out of this place. If you're sitting around City Hall and you're one of the crime victims and you're looking at the fact that you can't cross the street without getting hit by a reckless driver and car thefts are going through the roof and the homicide rate is just absolutely nuts and you got 16-year-old kids that are running the streets getting shot and murdered, you do think, I mean... It's kind of like that. To me, that's the song. You know, go back to the animals. It is, which is their song. We got to get out of this place because that's at least right now that it seems to me how it is for law abiding citizens. And I just I guess if you can't tell, there is this incredible amount of frustration that I have with the, the fact that you've got. All these juveniles that are just running the streets rampantly and committing crime. But what's even more aggravating to me is if you remember a couple months ago, right after the Water Street incident, you had oh, the mayor and you had the, the city attorney and you had the police chief and you had all these people. And they were talking about, hey, we've got this curfew and we're going to start aggressively enforcing the curfew. And we're not going to have kids out on the street after 10 or 11 o'clock at night. What What has happened to that? I mean, seriously, if you're going to have this, shouldn't we be aggressive about it? And I mean, look, by the time the kid steals, the 12-year-old steals the car and leads him on a high-speed chase, it's too late to go after the curfew stuff. That's a whole different thing. But if you see large passels of clearly underage kids out on the street at 11 o'clock or 1130 at night in violation of curfew, why aren't we scooping them all up? And transporting them out to juvenile hall and calling their parents and making their parents, you know, get up in the middle of the night and come down to pick them up or letting them spend then the night in, in, you know, whatever juvenile facility there is. And, and then once the parents come down here, you give them one of these tickets. You give them the $900 ticket and the city attorney's office then aggressively tries to enforce it. 855-616-1620. Jeff, of course we need to enforce. Otherwise, it's just lip service. Finally put some punishment onto kids and parents, and maybe we'll see an improvement. Well, I I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if we will or not, but I know that it doesn't do what we're doing now doesn't help. Jeff, as a matter of public record, can't we find out exactly how many curfew-related fines have been imposed since they started focusing on it, quote-unquote? You know, I think... What you know? We talk about the flagrant acts of journalism. Wouldn't that be wonderful for some? I don't know for some intrepid news reporter at one of the TV stations. I, I won't even it, expecting the local newspaper to cover that is ridiculous. But maybe at the TV station, looking for a thing. Yeah, you make that open records request, and, and let's find out just 
curious, out of curiosity, how many curfew, how many people have been cited for curfews? How many people have been arrested for curfew violations? How many parents have been given tickets for their kids, um, you know, violating curfew? Uh, kind of an interesting sort of thing. Jeff, this is disturbing on so many levels. The problem is that the curfew these days is just considered a suggestion. Obviously, the parents of these young people are neglecting their responsibility of par- as parents and citizens. When I was a teenager, I wouldn't dare be out after curfew. Until they get this under control, this out-of-control crime is never going to stop. Right, this goes back to what I, I call the, the, when it's referred to as kind of the broken windows thing. Like I say, I'm not naive enough to believe that this is going to stop the reckless driving and the car thefts and things like that. But but by that time, it's too late. By the time the kid has boosted the car and it's driven 95 miles an hour through a red light and hit and killed someone, well, th- then then it's a completely different game um, after leading the police on a high-speed chase. But maybe, just maybe, if you see that large group of kids that's out there congregating in that parking lot or whatever at midnight on a Friday night or a Saturday night when you know they're not supposed to be there, maybe if the police just tried to scoop them up. And look, I understand most of them are going to try to run away, but you grab 10, 15 of them, you haul them down to the juvenile facility, and then you make them sit there until their parents get up and come down and pick them up. Then you give everybody tickets. Maybe just maybe... That would, you know, at least discourage some of them from going on. Jeff, this is madness, this chaos. It's going on. I believe it's intentional. I don't think politicians will do a thing about it because they want it to go on. Well, I don't know. Jeff, the liberal concept is that incarceration doesn't reform young lawbreakers, nor does it deter crime. I disagree with both. Well, okay. Well, that's then then let's. Let's just say we're not going to even we're not going to give lip service to a curfew. That's fine. Fourteen year old, you go on the street at three o'clock in the morning. But of course, you know that's that's just that's just absolutely nuts. Jeff, the Office of Violence Prevention is a joke. All they have is T-shirts, cookouts, and mylar balloons. Well, yeah, that would be interesting, considering all the millions of dollars that we have funneled to the Office of Violence Prevention. How about some of these initiatives to actually, I don't know, get the kids off the streets in the middle of the night so you don't have the 14-year-olds and the 15-year-olds leading the cops on a high-speed chase? Let's talk to John. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hi. Um, I think it's, if it's that serious, and I know that it is, people are being killed out there. Now, why don't you just... Um, why don't, you, why don't they get the National Guards out there for a month to help the police department out or get a special group like a, some kind of tax force mm-hmm. that can, you know, yeah. help this for about a month to get these people off the street. Yep. If they don't have registration, take their car and get a towed lot. I don't see how hard that could be. You know, just do it. I, are you John? And I think that the leaders of this, the leaders of this, of this town uh, the mayors and the police department, what have you. I just feel like that if, if, it's, if it's going on, somebody's not doing the job. I, I agree, John. Exactly. No, thanks. I mean, see, this is okay. Let's let's try to put this in a practical term. We've got all this COVID money, this federal money that's floating around. All right, how about we embrace an idea like the like the 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 guy that's running for his Republican nomination for Attorney General was talking about. Let, let's let, let's get a task force. You know, let's let's bring. 
I don't know. Let, let's bring the state patrol into the city of Milwaukee and let's have them aggressively assist the Milwaukee Police Department in trying to you know, apprehend people who are fleeing and things like that. Let's bring the Department of Criminal Investigation. Let's bring a task force in and let's target them with violent crime. And we'll say, OK, we're going to put them in charge for a couple months and we're going to free up the Milwaukee police to concentrate on, on juvenile crime or whatever. Let's flood the streets with cops with the idea that we are going to aggressively enforce the laws. We're going to arrest as many people as we can. When we see that this group of 10 kids out at 1 o'clock in the morning walking down Capitol Drive, and you know they're up to no good, we're, we're going to make attempts to apprehend them. And we're going to pull up with, you know, the, the wagons, and we're going to grab as many of them as we can, and we're going to put them in handcuffs, and we're going to take them, you know, down to wherever we're going to take them, and then we're going to expect their parents to come in. Let's get serious about this. I mean, I, 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 I understand I ask this rhetorically, but, you know, how, how many people are going to die? including kids who are victims of the gun violence because they're where they shouldn't be, including, you know, maybe it's somebody you know, maybe it's somebody I know, maybe it's a family member that happens to be out on the street when that 14-year-old fleeing from the police at 95 miles an hour in a stolen car blows through the red light and hits and kills him. How many more people have to die before we realize that what we're doing now isn't working? Flood the streets with law enforcement. Bring in the state patrol. Bring in DCI. You know, if, if it's a situation where there's appropriate roles for the National Guard to assist the police, bring them in. Let's recognize that we have a crisis right now. It is like escape from New York, and it is getting worse. It is not getting better. And unless the answer is, again, that song lyric, we got to get out of this place, you got to do something. It isn't getting any better. And at some point in time, people have to stop and say they have to, enough is enough. And if it means flooding the streets and if it means putting a lot of people in jail or juvenile detention or whatever, for the love of God, let's do it. Because the alternative is dead kids. The alternative is dead grown-ups. The alternative is people victimized through car thefts, killed on the roadways, reckless driving, etc. It's no way to expect people to live. Take back the city. Is that too much to ask? And, and this text also captures the other side of the coin. Jeff, what is the good of doing all that if they're not going to be prosecuted? So you arrest them and then the judges let them go with no punishment. You have a district attorney, John Chisholm, that doesn't believe anybody should be prosecuted. Judges that don't want to hold people accountable. So what good is it going to do charging these people? Well, I, I appreciate it. it is a whole. I am not willing to just throw up my hands and say there's nothing to do. Because if that's the case, then what we should do is just say, you, you, you got to get out of this place, build a fence around the city of Milwaukee, and then make it like escape from New York. I'm not willing to give up on the community, but you've got to have leadership that'll take it back. You've got to have leadership that'll call call out the judges when they come up with their soft on crime sentences. Call out the district attorney's office when they make ridiculous decisions on bail to put dangerous people back out on the street or don't prosecute cases or give them away. I mean, there's got to be a sea change in attitude, but the other other alternative is for any law-abiding citizen to move, and I don't think that that's a good answer. All right, we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the one o'clock hour. Do not go anywhere. 
Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show, Melissa. Before you leave, for some people who are texting in saying, where exactly is the freeway closed? It, it's Highway 16, essentially, right? Highway That's, 16, that is correct. Right. Yeah, yeah right. right in that area, you're going to see a lot of a lot of backups, and that's where people are being diverted off of. Right, on, yep, right, right on so, there. So the mm-hmm. bottom line is, if you are trying to go on the freeway from Oconomowoc into Milwaukee, or from Milwaukee out to Oconomowoc, you cannot do it. That's correct. <laughs> right. you, that you correct. will be forced off the freeway at some point in time. So <laughs> if you're trying to go... For example, if you want to get on at the Zoo Interchange and you want to go downtown, you can do that. If you want to go from Milwaukee out to the Zoo Interchange, you can do that, or you could get out to Moreland Road. But as you get further west, the freeway is closed down. And I, a number of people are saying, well, I just don't understand where this is. It, it's, again, best Highway way I can 16, describe yeah. Highway yep. 16. If you're trying to get from Oconomowoc into Brookfield, you can't do it. <laughs> and, I, and I will say, watching this over the last few hours, it, it's gotten significantly better. It looks like um, a lot of the water is off of the the interstate, and, I, and I'm hoping hoping that's a good sign where it will be open shortly. Yeah, but we again, we don't know. But don't right, know. Now, right now, it's closed, and right now, it has been a part. It literally, it is a it is a two lane parking lot because they are forcing everybody off the freeway and we've been looking at it and it's very very slow going so people aren't getting the word that you you don't want it just trust me if you don't believe anything else i say on the program today, <laughs> don't do it <laughs> trust me on this one. Yeah. you don't want any part of mm-hmm. this right now find an alternative route or if you can't find an alternative route delay your travel because you're looking at incredible frustration to try to do that and we will continue to keep you posted all right speaking of frustration i took a walk during the the um during the news break, I walked up to the front because there's um, something going on after it's been 53 years, 53 years, the soap opera Days of Our Lives has aired on NBC Channel 4. Our, we, we formerly shared a corporate identity. We, we don't anymore. We're, we're still based in the, the, the building that's owned by Scripps, which runs Channel 4, at least for another you know, week or two. Uh, but but. We, we share this corporate identity. And so the, the, the lovely woman who runs the switchboard, who works the switchboard, answers the phones. And I, I had to walk up during the break because I said, I think your day is going to get a lot worse pretty soon. And she's like, yeah, we're expecting this. Because, again, if, if you haven't heard, for, for, for soap opera fans... People are passionate about their, their soap operas. I, I swear, I'm, we just we had the 21st anniversary of the terrorist attack on September 11th, 2001. I am not making this up. When, when Days of Our Lives was preempted because of coverage of the terrorist attacks, we were, our switchboard was swamped with calls from people complaining why Days of Our Lives have been had been preempted. And you say, well, you know, there, there's a terrorist attack. I want to see my Days of Our Lives. So soap opera fans are extremely passionate. Well, anyhow, if you tuned in a f- couple minutes ago uh, to see Days of Our Lives on Channel 4, what you saw is a news show. NBC has put on a news show. Days of Our Lives is not on Channel 4. It's not on the NBC over-the-air networks. This is not a decision that our local news affiliate has made. They are an affiliate. It is a decision that NBC has made. NBC has decided they are pulling Days of Our Lives, the soap opera, from their broadcast network, and they are diverting it over to Peacock, which is the NBC streaming service. 
Now, that means to watch it, you're going to have to sign up for Peacock. You're going to have to have the the streaming service. You're going to have to sign up for Peacock. You're going to have to pay, I believe it's $4.99 a month, although there might be some sort of introductory thing that they have. And you will then have access to Days of Our Lives. Now, the good news is, if you want to watch Days of Our Lives, you you once it's on that streaming service, a new one, I think, drops at 6 o'clock every morning, a.m. every morning. So you don't have to wait till 1 o'clock uh, in the afternoon to watch it. You can watch it. If you want to watch Days of Our Lives while you're having breakfast, you can watch it. In addition, um, I don't know that they have all 50-some years, but they have a number of past seasons of Days of Our Lives that are available that you can stream as well. So if you want to go back and you want to watch stuff from X number of years ago, however far back they go, they they can do it. But you, you have to have the streaming service. You have to pay for it, however much that's going to be, and you have to like know how how to stream. Now I find this to be really interesting because I, I've told this story before. My grandmother, God, she loved her stories, and my mom did too. I, I love I love my stories. Um, there used to be, I mean, soap operas dominated dominated daytime TV. Right now, there's only four soap operas left: Bold and the Beautiful, which airs on CBS; General Hospital, which airs on ABC. The Young and the Restless that airs on CBS, and now Days of Our Lives, which was on NBC, but now is going to be exclusively on this streaming service. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, now NBC says that it's it's committed to at least producing one or two more years of of Days of Our Lives. That's what they say right now. But these soap operas are expensive to produce compared to a news broadcast. You you can throw another hour of, of network news on at a relatively small cost. I mean, you've got the reporters, you've got the anchors around there. You just put them on. It, it's, it's much, much cheaper than trying to produce, for example, a soap opera. So they kick the soap opera over to the streaming service that people have to pay for. But at the same time, they're, they're not there to lose money. So unless they can get this critical mass of new subscribers that make it worth their while, at least it seems to me, you know very well that 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 soap opera is going to to go away. Our number is eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage uh, Talk and Text Line. All right, is Days of Our Lives going to survive? Are soap operas going to survive, or is is this just? Is this just the last, the latest shoe to drop? The idea that okay, why spend money producing the, these daytime dramas and stuff when you can put on another hour of news? You can do it for a fraction of the cost, and you can kick stuff over to the streaming service. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, see you later. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. All right. Is, is Days of Our Lives going to still be? Are you going to be able to watch new episodes two years from now? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. We discuss in a moment. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yeah, well, after 53 years, if you're used to turning on NBC, in this case, you know, Channel 4, to watch Days of Our Lives, ain't going to happen anymore. Starting today, NBC, and this is not the local affiliate, so don't call up Channel 4 and my friend at the reception desk and and yell at them. This is a decision NBC has made. NBC, and and I 
I think there, there's two things going on. First of all, I think it's a money-saving thing. They've replaced Days of Our Lives with a, a news show, which is lots, lots cheaper. You know, you just kind of throw that throw that on there, and you're, you're set with that. Secondly, they have moved Days of Our Lives to Peacock, which is NBC's streaming service. And what you have to do is you have to sign up for it. You have to pay. It's four ninety nine a month. They might have some introductory deal. I don't know about that, but basically it's it's four ninety nine a, a month, and that's what you're going to need to watch. I mean, days of our lives. They're going to continue with the show. At least they say they are for the foreseeable future. But the question we're discussing is, you know, whether this is the future for the four the other three remaining soap operas, and, and whether. This is really sort of a sustainable kind of model. You have some of us in the Northwoods who depend on satellite Internet are unable to stream anything, so part of their audience isn't going to be able to watch. Jeff, I don't think Days of Our Lives is going to survive much longer. The streaming is bad enough, but the storylines are getting ridiculous from bringing characters back from the dead and being possessed by the devil. Yikes. I, I don't know. I just We've always had... One of our monitors tuned on to Channel 4, and I, I've commented this from time to time. Every time I, I look over it out of the corner of my eye, I see people in bed. Sometimes it's women in bed with other women. Sometimes it's men and women. Sometimes it's men and men. It just seems like, it's like, huh, there's a lot of people being in bed with these shows. Um, 855-616-1620. Jeff, a little humor and sarcasm, but kind of the truth. They want people to pay for watching bedroom scenes. There's an awful lot of competition out there on pay-per-view already. Um, yes, Jeff, I think this is the kiss of death for the soaps. A large group of watchers or seniors uh, or older, they don't even know what streaming is. Well, the story about this in the Wall Street Journal today kind of makes that point. This woman... Let's see, where does she fly from? Her, her grandmother spent her entire life watching Days of Our Lives. And so what she ended up doing is she was talking about how she flew. Okay, Elizabeth Copianco flew about 500 miles on Friday for one reason, to make sure her grandmother could keep watching her favorite soap opera. Starting today, Days of Our Lives is leaving NBC after nearly 50, over 50 years on the air, moving to Peacock. Uh, Ms. Copiana, a 35-year-old logistics coordinator from Charlotte, North Carolina, called her grandmother and then started flying to New York to help her out. So it, that, I think that is a, a factor that's definitely there. Jeff, streaming TV, are there commercials and political ads in streaming TVs? If so, it's not worth it. To answer your question, yes, most most streaming stations do have commercials. On some of them, if you pay even more, you can get, like, the ad free. But um, I, I don't think that that's it. Jeff, Days of Our Lives is not going to survive. I've been watching for 36 years since I was 14, but I will not pay for streaming. I think many fans feel that same way. I watched my last episode last week. You know, one of the things with with, with so many stuff things and and radio listening is like this, TV watching is like this. In, in many cases, it's a habit, and people get used to to that habit. And once they fall out of the habit, 
well, it's tough to get them back. I mean, you saw that in COVID. I think some, for example, some restaurants are still grappling with that. Maybe the, the habit was you had a bunch of people that would gather at a place for breakfast. Everybody would meet at 9 o'clock every morning, every weekday morning. And it was this group of people. And then after COVID, when the, the restaurants were forced to shut down, people fell out of that habit and they, they just they developed other habits. Radio listening is like that as well. TV watching is like that as well. Once you get people out of the habit, well, it, it's it's tough to get them back. I think, again, it, it, I understand the economics of this from the perspective of NBC. And once again, this isn't a local TV station. This is in Channel 4. It's a lot, it's a lot cheaper to, again, put on the newscast. You know, that's going to save them a lot of money. They dump this over on the streaming services, and then people either have to pay, and if you don't get enough new people that sign up to watch it, you can then make this easy decision saying, hey, it costs us X number of millions of dollars to produce this thing every year, and you know we're, we're not generating enough revenue anymore to make it worthwhile through the subscribers, so it's the end of it. I, I think you know NBC says they've committed for two years. My guess is at the end of those two years, it, that that's going to be it for days of our lives. But again, if you're trying to watch it today and you tune into Channel 4, you're going to see them talking about Queen Elizabeth and Tom Brady juggling business with football and all those other things. But if you want to find out what's going on with your favorite characters in days of our lives set in the fictional Midwestern town of Salem, well, you got to have Peacock. And if you don't have Peacock, sorry, but you're out of luck. <laughs> Hey, does your workplace deserve to let loose and have a party thrown by WTMJ? Huh. Register your office on the contest page at WTMJ.com from September 12th to September 16th. That's this week. Tell us why your team deserves to win, and we'll throw your office a party, including four dozen cream puffs from the Wisconsin State Fair. Go to WTMJ.com to register. Um, Jeff, the misconception about soap operas is it's only for elderly people. I work full-time in the corporate world, and one of my guilty pleasures is the young and the restless. I'm in my mid-30s, and I would be upset if young and restless went to streaming only. It's a great release when we work very hard. Yeah, the storylines are ridiculous, but that's what we live for. Thanks. Love your show. Well, I appreciate that. I, I've, I've told this story before. When I went to law school, years and years and years ago, Marquette Law School, which now this big fancy building but at the time it was one overcrowded building and the only student lounge they had was this crappy little area with a couple tables and some vinyl chairs in in the basement and they had a couple vending machines and there was one television set and it was always tuned to in the afternoon at least it was always tuned to the soap operas and and all my classmates they'd watch whatever i forget what the abc soap opera was one life to live i think at one o'clock and then at two o'clock general hospital came on so if you were there you had no choice but to watch general hospital because that's what was on i i could see how the stuff was was a little bit addictive and that was back in the luke and laura days and things like that and i i I got past that once, you know, once I started having other things to do in the afternoon, I got past it. But some people just, you know, always hung out there. I understand they're addictive, and that's what they're supposed to be, and they're entertaining. But I do think this is certainly the wave of the future. And um, if you're a Days of Our Lives fan, might, you, you've either got to go to Peacock or you've got to, like, move on to something else. And even if you do go to Peacock, maybe I'm wrong, but... My guess is that, you know, within the next year or two, it's probably not going to pay for itself. But 
you know, enjoy it. You know, enjoy it while it's lasted. Jeff, I watched my last episode of Days of Our Lives on Friday. I will not pay to watch it, even if there are other programs to get while streaming. Now, I will stay listening to WTMJ. Well, that is that is the benefit. If you if you don't want to multitask and, and do, like, have the radio on and have uh, Days of Our Lives in the background, now just... Just again, you know, turn off the TV, listen to the radio. I continue to be here between noon and three, joined by my compatriots. We're almost there. WTMJ is packing its bags and heading downtown. Coming up in two weeks or so, Wisconsin radio station is moving to the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. The Avenue is vibrant and exciting, plus you'll be able to come by and see us. Um, come see our entire team this fall. WTMJ's Move to the Avenue is sponsored by Coakley Brothers and Brothers Interiors, the official moving and furniture provider of GKB Milwaukee. All right. Um, actually... One of my my friends, my friend Kathy from the Nook, sent me this, and it was it, it kind of caught my attention. There are these people out there. It, it's sort of like the Kardashians; these people who are famous for being famous. You know that that that's it. It's like okay, why 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 do people care about this? But there are these people out there who've been able to create the, this industry with the explosion of the internet and social media of being what they call social influencers. There's all sorts of documentaries about these people. They have all these different followers on TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And so what they do is they make a living by going around and they, they get asked to, hey, come to stay in our hotel and then put up nice things about it. And and that's, that's kind of how they make a living. And I, I've never for the life of me understood why anybody – would allow themselves to be influenced on social media. I mean, that somebody you, you don't know and haven't heard of, and it's not like you, you listen to them on a daily basis or something like that. It's just, hey, this is Brittany from West Virginia or wherever, and I, I'm here at this particular restaurant, and it's really great, and you need to do it. Or, or look, this is, this is the costume jewelry that people are selling, and you should do this. I've never understood what it is that about the, the people who are famous for just simply being famous, what it is about them that would make people want to follow them or do the things that, that they say. But, but nevertheless, that, that is, of course, what's out there. So this, this is a prank. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a feature that appeared the other night on NBA, ABC's, you know, World News Tonight. Um, and it's something that Payless Shoes did. Okay, so Payless Shoes is, I don't know that it's fair to say that they're a discount shoe store, but they're, they're not, you know, the, they are they are affordable, everyday shoes. If you're looking to get yourself a good pair of shoes, you could go to Payless and you can pay a lot less than you would if you go to somewhere else. So this is something that Payless Shoes decided to do with regard to a number of the so-called social influences, influencers that are out there. Here's the report. The experiment making headlines by the chain Payless Shoes. They held a grand opening of a luxury store with a different name but the same shoes and charged hundreds more for those same shoes. Customers paid. Here's ABC's Kana Whitworth. Behold, Palessi. We built a fake luxury store in Los Angeles and filled it with Payless Shoes. 
The guests at our grand opening party had no idea. Guests invited to check out what looked like a luxury shoe shop. They're elegant, sophisticated. I just think it's so classy. And I could tell it was made with high quality material. A $35 shoe going for $645, an 1800% markup. Store owners sat on their heels as fashion influencers emptied their wallets. I would pay 400, 500, yeah. People are gonna be like, where'd you get those? Those are amazing. Then they're let in on the prank. These are actually from Payless. You've got to be kidding me. Shut up. Are you serious? But those shoppers were refunded their money and they got to keep the shoes. David Payless calling it a provocative social experiment designed to challenge today's image conscious culture. Either way, it was an effective PR stunt. Yeah. David. Clearly a marketing ploy, but they paid. Kana, thank you. Clearly a marketing ploy. No, th- this is, and a matter of fact, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. I've got a link to the story so you can see this. Now, here, here's what the, the real takeaway of this is. You know, what, what's that they say about a fool and his or her money soon being parted? Uh, it, it's so, like, pay less. What they do is they, they find, a, like, a, a Tony shopping district in Los Angeles, and they set this up to look like it's some fancy Italian shoe store, you know, with all the, the specialty things. Then they invite all these social influencers are there or the, these people with more money than they know what to do with. And and they put out the, these it's, – it's payless shoes. It, it's kind of funny. If you look at it, it's a sneaker. Okay, the sneaker goes for 35 bucks. Except they put it on, they sell it for $740. It's a $35 pair of tennis shoes. And the, the, there's this guy saying, Oh, this is great. I mean, these, these things, they're well worth $650. And again, it's just, it's up and down watching these people who have, I guess, more money than sense just raving about these things. And it's, it's kind of, I've always felt that there's a degree of that. Now, look, I, I appreciate that there's quality items, and I appreciate that you, you know, I, I learned early on when I first started practicing law that I, I just, I didn't like to buy cheap suits because they never fit right, and they didn't last very long. And so I, a lot early in my legal career, I said, look, I'd rather have one good suit than three crummy suits. And I'm, I'm proud to say I, I have suits that I bought a long time ago, I mean, 20 years ago, that still fit, and they're, they're still, they're fine. I could, I could wear them tomorrow, and they would be absolutely fine, because they've stayed in style, and they're, they're high quality, and they still fit me, and maybe you have to tailor them a little bit, but they're, but they're okay. You buy the cheap suits, and it doesn't work. But th- this idea that just because we put a fancy name on something, pay lessy, <laughs> and we put a high price tag on it, doesn't mean that you're necessarily getting better quality or anything else. But yet people are, are so willing to say, gee, if they're charging $650 for this tennis shoe, it must be something special. And what it is, it's a $35 pair of tennis shoes from Payless. So a fool and his or her money are soon parted. And this is a classic example of that. When we come back, I think it's the most interesting story of the day. And I want to hear how you feel about it. Stick around. So I I prepare for the show that this morning I'm looking, I'm I'm in my, my office at home and I'm looking at stuff. If you had been around, you would have heard the, the scream as I'm going, like, what? And this is what I want to talk to you about next. It is a heavy breathing story in USA Today. Here's the headlines. Most U.S. states don't have universal air conditioning 
in prisons. Let me read that again. Most U.S. states don't have universal air conditioning in prisons. Climate change, heat waves might make it torture. All right. Um, Let's see. About 30% of the roughly 100 prison facilities in Texas are fully air conditioned. The rest are not. And Texas is far from alone. At least 44 states, including some of those with the nation's highest temperatures, don't have universal air conditioning in their prisons. All right. 44 states. They don't have universal air conditioning in their prison. The ACLU director of the National Prison Project says, well, this is a question of values. Whether we as society find it acceptable to torture incarcerated people and expose them to conditions that we know are going to kill at least a few of them. We are torturing incarcerated people by not having central air conditioning. And and yes, Wisconsin is one of those 44 states that does not have universal air conditioning. According to USA Today, the state's facilities aren't universally air conditioned, and the age of some buildings and various remodels have resulted in a hodgepodge of cooling systems, Wisconsin Department of Corrections spokesperson John Beard said. So, yes, we we in Wisconsin are theoretically torturing some of our inmates because... Gee, on a couple days when it gets really hot, you might be a little bit uncomfortable. Our number is 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, my comment, and if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 I've got a link to this story. My comment was, all right, I, if, if you are concerned about the prisons not having air conditioning, I have a simple solution. I do. I do. Don't commit crimes that get you tossed into prison, and then you're not going to have to worry about it. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I swear, I, I, it's just it, the world has gone absolutely mad with, with this whole idea that we're now supposed to centrally air-condition prisoner, prisons so that some guy doing 25 to life for armed robbery or rape or attempted murder, so he's comfortable in a climate-controlled setting, oh, in, I don't know, in July, because, you know, in Florida in July, it gets really hot. Well, it gets hot all sorts of other places as well. <laughs> if, if we have money for central air conditioning, first of all, it's before you spend a dime air conditioning the prisons, I, I would start air conditioning the schools. I'm at least a little bit more sympathetic to that. But, I, you know, how many people, seriously, don't have air conditioning to this day. Or, I mean, I, I remember the first house we purchased, um, really nice house, relatively expensive house, Whitefish Bay, a block off the lake, didn't have air, central air conditioning, didn't have air conditioning at all. Now, ultimately, we ended up spending the money and putting it in. But you know what? On those kind of hot summer days, we had a couple fans, and we ended up making do. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's tee this up. Are you outraged? Are you outraged and upset that 44% of the states don't have universal air conditioning in prisons? 855-616-1620. My category and lead into this is the, the world has absolutely gone mad. If, if this, this is the deal, oh, we're concerned because some of these prisoners might be overly warm in, you know, August or September or July. Well, I'm sorry. You put some fans in, 
but this idea that we have to have central air conditioning for people who have committed crimes against society, which have got them tossed into prison. And as I say repeatedly on this program, the truth is you got to work to get thrown into prison. That That's just the, the reality. Prison, you have either had to do something really bad or you've had to do a series of progressively bad things and passed up your first chance and your second chance or your third chance. But of all the different things that I'm going to be concerned with, lack of universal air conditioning in prison, let's see, that's about number 3,000 on my list of 3,000 things to worry about. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Daisy. Daisy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. I yes, just sir. was telling your screener, my kids go to Waukesha South High School. They don't have air conditioning in that high school. Um, my daughter is a, is a um, goes to UW Oshkosh. They certainly don't have air conditioning in the in the on campus housing. She's now in off campus housing, but same thing. She doesn't <laughs> have air conditioning. People can live without air conditioning, and frankly, a prisoner isn't guaranteed to have air conditioning in their own home yeah. outside of the prison <laughs> yeah. system yeah. either. Well, what, no, no, that's it. The ACLU, the ACLU wants to the that's exact. The ACLU wants the prisons to be nicer than the guy living on the street. Oh, yeah, you're exact. You know, Daisy, you make such a good point. My guess is a lot of the people that were out there on the streets before they committed the horrible crimes, they didn't have air conditioning. I, Daisy, I cannot believe. That the, exactly. the, the, I cannot believe that your school district is torturing. They are torturing your daughter by oh, making I, her go to a place that doesn't have air conditioning. <laughs> I, I, don't tell my children because they'll agree. Right. <laughs> right. They, thanks for the call. I, I appreciate it. No, okay, when it's really hot, you, you, you bring in some fans. And, stuff. and by the way, it, it's not. we're not talking about chain gangs or anything like that. Oh, you know, it, it's warm when the guys are, I don't know, you know, out in the prison yard kind of like walking around. Look, and, I, look, and I'm sure, like, for example, if you're in Alabama in August, my guess is it gets a little bit hot in some of those prisons. But, again, my idea is... Um, well, okay, don't, don't commit crimes. Jeff, my daughter is a guard at a state correctional facility and it's not air conditioned. Um, it is pretty miserable in the summer. If the state doesn't care about its employees, why would they care about prisoners? Well, I think if nothing else, um, I don't know if the state doesn't care about its employees, but I could see, you know, having some central offices or something where you're, you know, if you want to have like the central offices and you want to have that air conditioned, but the fact that we're going to do this for the prisoners, I don't think so, Jeff, who in their right mind would pay for central air conditioning a prison? Just how about that same money to be for central air for low-income families who can't afford the A.C. or not in jail? Or, again, the kids in school and things like that, this idea that air conditioning has now become a fundamental right. Jeff, I guess from now on we have to make sure that every courthouse uh, that every uh, courthouse is air conditioned. Um, Jeff, I think we also have to make sure that every crack house is air conditioned as well, um, Jeff, I think the idea is to make it uncomfortable maybe so someone doesn't want to go back to prison. Well, I would think that there would be an element of that as well. Let's talk to Jim. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, hi. Uh, Jeff, uh, you can sit there in a fancy office in air conditioning. I've got a cousin who works at the state correctional uh, prison in Racine. He's in there. It's 90 degrees. He's got a uniform he's got to wear. Of all these people, it's brutal. So you're, you know, it's easy for you people to say, oh, they shouldn't Us have Us people? 
I, it's not for the, the no, you don't understand. It's not for the guards. It's for the prisoners. They don't. This USA Today study, the ACLU doesn't give a rat's rump about the guards. They care about the prisoners. Well, the guards are affected by it. Well, because they got to work in that environment. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a, these uniforms on. Okay. Well, that's again. There, there's all sorts of people. Look, I, I don't want to be a prison guard, okay? I, I understand that. And I understand that you can make an argument that prison guards are underpaid. But at the same time, there's all sorts of jobs out there that people are working in, factory workers in the heat, people who are working on roofs and stuff like that, where the jobs, there isn't central air conditioning. But again, to your point, the, the, the USA Today study, the ACLU, like I say, they don't give, they don't care about the guards. They're upset that the prisoners have to sit in unair conditioned space. Sorry. Julie, Julie, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What do you think? Yeah. So I remember this very vividly. I went to school at a Racine High School, and there was a Sturdivant prison that was being built less than five miles from our high school. And before the inmates um, were uh, shipped in, they gave us a tour of the facilities. And they had a larger library, much larger than our high school. Further, they had air conditioning units. And... Yeah. This sort of in prison was by far nicer than our high school. Yep. And I remember some of my classmates, some of my classmates that might not have had the best of home situations. They were saying to me, they're like, man, this is nicer than my house. This is nicer than my school. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of message is that? Well, what it, kind of message is that? Well, it, young it, people. exactly. The message is, well, if you commit crimes, this won't be that bad. They, I have a text here. Jeff, that this is um, it, it's. I mean, here, here's the deal. Um, if you're, uh, they shouldn't commit crimes. However, prisoners are meant, prisons are meant for rehabilitation. They're also meant as a way of protecting society, and they're meant to incarcerate people for punishment to, as well. Torture is not a form of rehabilitation. I, I just, I, I love the lefty mindset. Now, lack of air conditioning constitutes torture. That is where we are in our society nowadays. If we don't have air conditioning for the prisoners, they are being tortured. And you wonder why the world is going crazy. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Melissa, before you leave, for some people who are texting in saying, where exactly is the freeway closed? It, it's Highway 16, essentially, right? Highway it's, 16, that is correct. Right. Yep, yep right. right in that area, you're going to see a lot of a lot of backups, and that's where people are being diverted off of. Right, on, yep, right. right on so, there. So the mm-hmm. bottom line is... If you are trying to go on the freeway from Oconomowoc into Milwaukee or from Milwaukee out to Oconomowoc, you cannot do it. That's correct. <laughs> right. You, that you correct. will be forced off the freeway at some point in time. So <laughs> if you're trying to go, for example, if you want to get on at the zoo interchange and you want to go downtown, you can do that. If you want to go from Milwaukee out to the zoo interchange, you can do that. Or you could get out to Moreland Road. But as you get further west, the freeway is closed down. And I, a number of people are saying, well, I just don't understand where this is. It, it's, again, best highway way I can 16, describe yep. Highway yep. 16, 
If you're trying to get from Oconomowoc into Brookfield, you can't do it. <laughs> and, I, and I will say, watching this over the last few hours, it, it's gotten significantly better. It looks like um, a lot of the water is off of the the interstate, and, I, and I'm hoping hoping that's a good sign where it will be open shortly. Yeah, but we again, we don't know. But don't right, know. Now, right now, it's closed, and right now, it has been a part. It literally, it is a it is a two lane parking lot because they are forcing everybody off the freeway and we've been looking at it and it's very very slow going so people aren't getting the word that you you don't want it just trust me if you don't believe anything else i say on the program today, <laughs> don't do it <laughs> trust me on this one. Yeah. you don't want any part of mm-hmm. this right now find an alternative route or if you can't find an alternative route delay your travel because you're looking at incredible frustration to try to do that and we will continue to keep you posted all right speaking of frustration i took a walk during the the um during the news break, I walked up to the front because there's um, something going on after it's been 53 years, 53 years, the soap opera Days of Our Lives has aired on NBC Channel 4. Our, we, we formerly shared a corporate identity. We, we don't anymore. We're, we're still based in the, the, the building that's owned by Scripps, which runs Channel 4, at least for another you know, week or two. Uh, but but. We, we share this corporate identity. And so the, the, the lovely woman who runs the switchboard, who works the switchboard, answers the phones. And I, I had to walk up during the break because I said, I think your day is going to get a lot worse pretty soon. And she's like, yeah, we're expecting this. Because, again, if, if you haven't heard, for, for, for soap opera fans... People are passionate about their their soap operas. I, I swear, I'm, we just we had the 21st anniversary of the terrorist attack on September 11th, 2001. I am not making this up. When when Days of Our Lives was preempted because of coverage of the terrorist attacks, we were our switchboard was swamped with calls from people complaining why Days of Our Lives have been had been preempted. And you say, well, you know, there, there's a terrorist attack. Hey, I want to see my Days of Our Lives. So soap opera fans are extremely passionate. Well, anyhow, if you tuned in a f- couple minutes ago uh, to see Days of Our Lives on Channel 4, what you saw is a news show. NBC has put on a news show. Days of Our Lives is not on Channel 4. It's not on the NBC over-the-air networks. This is not a decision that our local news affiliate has made. They are an affiliate. It is a decision that NBC has made. NBC has decided they are pulling Days of Our Lives, the soap opera, from their broadcast network, and they are diverting it over to Peacock, which is the NBC streaming service. Now, that means to watch it, you're going to have to sign up for Peacock, you're going to have to have the, the streaming service. You're going to have to sign up for Peacock. You're going to have to pay, I believe it's four ninety nine a month, although there might be some sort of introductory thing that they have. And you will then have access to Days of Our Lives. Now, the good news is, if you want to watch Days of Our Lives, you, you once it's on that streaming service, a new one, I think, drops at 6 o'clock every morning, a.m. every morning. So you don't have to wait till 1 o'clock uh, in the afternoon to watch it. You can watch it. If you want to watch Days of Our Lives while you're having breakfast, you can watch watch it. In addition, um, I don't know that they have all 50-some years, but they have a number of past seasons of Days of Our Lives that are available that you can stream as well. So if you want to go back and you want to watch stuff from X number of years ago, however far back they go, they they can do it. But you, you have to have the streaming service. You have to pay for it, however much that's going to be, and you have to 
like know how, how to stream. Now, I find this to be really interesting because I, I've told this story before. My grandmother, God, she loved her stories. And my mom did, too. I, I, love, I love my stories. Um, there used to be, I mean, soap operas dominated, dominated daytime TV. Right now, there's only four soap operas left. Bold and the Beautiful, which airs on CBS. General Hospital, which airs on ABC. The Young and the Restless, that airs on CBS. And now Days of Our Lives, which was on NBC, but now is going to be exclusively on this streaming service. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, now NBC says that it's it's committed to at least producing one or two more years of, of Days of Our Lives. That, that's what they say right now. But these soap operas are expensive to produce compared to a news broadcast. You, you can throw another hour of, of network news on at a relatively small cost. I mean, you've got the reporters, you've got the anchors around there, you just put them on. It, it's, it's much, much cheaper than trying to produce, for example, a soap opera. So they kick the soap opera over to the streaming service that people have to pay for. But at the same time, they're, they're not there to lose money. So unless they can get this critical mass of new subscribers that make it worth their while, at least it seems to me, you know, very well that 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 soap opera is going to to go away. Our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage uh, talk and text line. All right. Is Days of Our Lives going to survive? Are soap operas going to survive? Or is, is this just... Is this just the last, the latest shoe to drop? The idea that okay, why spend money producing the, these daytime dramas and stuff when you can put on another hour of news? You can do it for a fraction of the cost, and you can kick stuff over to the streaming service. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, see you later. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. All right. Is, is Days of Our Lives going to still be? Are you going to be able to watch new episodes two years from now? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. We discuss in a moment. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yeah, well, after 53 years, if you're used to turning on NBC, in this case, you know, Channel 4, to watch Days of Our Lives, ain't going to happen anymore. Starting today, NBC, and this is not the local affiliate, so don't call up Channel 4 and my friend at the reception desk and and yell at them. This is a decision NBC has made. NBC, and and I I think there's two things going on. First of all, I think it's a money-saving thing. They've replaced Days of Our Lives with a a news show, which is lots, lots cheaper. You know, you just kind of throw that throw that on there and you're you're set with that. Secondly, they have moved Days of Our Lives to Peacock, which is NBC's streaming service. And what you have to do is you have to sign up for it. You have to pay. It's four ninety nine a month. They might have some introductory deal. I don't know about that, but basically it's it's four ninety nine a, a month, and that's what you're going to need to watch. I mean, days of our lives. They're going to continue with the show. At least they say they are for the foreseeable future. But the question we're discussing is, you know, whether this is the future for the four the other three remaining soap operas, and, and whether. 
this is really sort of a sustainable kind of model. You have some of us in the North Woods who depend on satellite internet are unable to stream anything, so part of their audience isn't going to be able to watch. Jeff, I don't think Days of Our Lives is going to survive much longer. The streaming is bad enough, but the storylines are getting ridiculous from bringing characters back from the dead and being possessed by the devil. Yikes. I, I don't know. I just We've always had one of our monitors tuned on to Channel 4, and I, I've commented this from time to time. Every time I, I look over it out of the corner of my eye, I see people in bed. Sometimes it's women in bed with other women. Sometimes it's men and women. Sometimes it's men and men. It just it seems like it's like, huh, there's a lot of people being in bed with these shows. Um, 855-616-1620. Jeff, a little humor and sarcasm, but kind of the truth. They want people to pay for watching bedroom scenes. There's an awful lot of competition out there on pay-per-view already. Um, yes, Jeff, I think this is the kiss of death for the soaps. A large group of watchers or seniors uh, or older, they don't even know what streaming is. Well, the story about this in the Wall Street Journal today kind of makes that point. This woman... Let's see, where does she fly from? Her her grandmother spent her entire life watching Days of Our Lives. And so what she ended up doing is she was talking about how she flew. Okay, Elizabeth Copianco flew about 500 miles on Friday for one reason, to make sure her grandmother can keep watching her favorite soap opera. Starting today, Days of Our Lives is leaving NBC after nearly 50, over 50 years on the air, moving to Peacock. Uh, Ms. Copiana, a 35-year-old logistics coordinator from Charlotte, North Carolina, called her grandmother and then started flying to New York to help her out. So it, I think that is a, a factor that's definitely there. Jeff, streaming TV, are there commercials and political ads in streaming TVs? If so, it's not worth it. To answer your question, yes, most most streaming stations do have commercials. On some of them, if you pay even more, you can get, like, the ad free. But um, I, I don't think that that's it. Jeff, Days of Our Lives is not going to survive. I've been watching for 36 years since I was 14, but I will not pay for streaming. I think many fans feel that same way. I watched my last episode last week. You know, one of the things with with, with so many stuff things and and radio listening is like this, TV watching is like this. In many cases, it's a habit, and people get used to, to that habit. And once they fall out of the habit, well, it's tough to get them back. I mean, you saw that in COVID. I think some, for example, some restaurants are still grappling with that. Maybe the, the habit was you had a bunch of people that would gather at a place for breakfast. Everybody would meet at 9 o'clock every morning, every weekday morning. And it was this group of people. And then after COVID, when the, the restaurants were forced to shut down, people fell out of that habit and they, they just they developed other habits. Radio listening is like that as well. TV watching is like that as well. Once you get people out of the habit, well, it, it's it's tough to get them back. I think, again, it, I understand the economics of this from the perspective of NBC. And once again, this isn't a local TV station. This is in Channel 4. It's a lot, it's a lot cheaper to, again, put on the newscast, you know, that's going to save them a lot of money. 
they dump this over on the streaming services, and then people either have to pay, and if you don't get enough new people that sign up to watch it, you can then make this easy decision saying, hey, it costs us X number of millions of dollars to produce this thing every year, and you know we're, we're not generating enough revenue anymore to make it worthwhile through the subscribers, so it's the end of it. I, I think you know NBC says they've committed for two years. My guess is at the end of those two years, that that's going to be it for days of our lives. But again, if you're trying to watch it today and you tune into Channel 4, you're going to see them talking about Queen Elizabeth and Tom Brady juggling business with football and all those other things. But if you want to find out what's going on with your favorite characters in days of our lives set in the fictional Midwestern town of Salem, well, you got to have Peacock. And if you don't have Peacock, sorry, but you're out of luck. Hey, does your workplace deserve to let loose and have a party thrown by WTMJ? Huh. Register your office on the contest page at WTMJ.com from September 12th to September 16th. That's this week. Tell us why your team deserves to win, and we'll throw your office a party, including four dozen cream puffs from the Wisconsin State Fair. Go to WTMJ.com to register. Um, Jeff, the misconception about soap operas is it's only for elderly people. I work full-time in the corporate world, and one of my guilty pleasures is the young and the restless. I'm in my mid-30s, and I would be upset if young and restless went to streaming only. It's a great release when we work very hard. Yeah, the storylines are ridiculous, but that's what we live for. Thanks. Love your show. Well, I appreciate that. I, I've, I've told this story before. When I went to law school, years and years and years ago, Marquette Law School, which is now this big fancy building, but at the time it was one overcrowded building, and the only student lounge they had was this crappy little area with a couple tables and some vinyl chairs in in the basement, and they had a couple vending machines, and there was one television set, and it was always tuned to, in the afternoon at least, it was always tuned to the soap operas, and, and all my classmates, they'd watch whatever, I forget what the ABC soap opera was, One Life to Live, I think, at 1 o'clock, and then at 2 o'clock, General Hospital came on. So, if you were there, you had no choice but to watch General Hospital, because that's what was on, and I, I could see how this stuff was was a little bit addictive, and that was back in the Luke and Laura days, and things like that, and I... I I got past that once, you know, once I started having other things to do in the afternoon, I got past it. But some people just, you know, always hung out there. I understand they're addictive, and that's what they're supposed to be, and they're entertaining. But I do think this is certainly the wave of the future. And um, if you're a Days of Our Lives fan, might, you, you've either got to go to Peacock or you've got to, like, move on to something else. And even if you do go to Peacock, maybe I'm wrong, but my guess is that, you know, within the next year or two, it's probably not going to pay for itself. But you know, enjoy it, you know, enjoy it while it's lasted. Jeff, I watched my last episode of Days of Our Lives on Friday. I will not pay to watch it, even if there are other programs to get while streaming. Now, I will stay listening to WTMJ. Well, that is that is the benefit. If you if you don't want to multitask and, and do, like, have the radio on and have uh, Days of Our Lives in the background, now just... Just again, you know, turn off the TV, listen to the radio. I continue to be here between noon and three, joined by my compatriots. We're almost there. WTMJ is packing its bags and heading downtown. Coming up in two weeks or so, Wisconsin Radio Station is moving to the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. The Avenue is vibrant and exciting, plus you'll be able to come by and see us. 
Um, come see our entire team this fall. WTMJ's Move to the Avenue is sponsored by Coakley Brothers and Brothers Interiors, the official moving and furniture provider of GKB Milwaukee. All right. Um, actually, one of my my friends, my friend Kathy from the Nook, sent me this, and it was it, it kind of caught my attention. There are these people out there. It, it's sort of like the Kardashians, these people who are famous for being famous. You know, that, that, that's it. It's like, okay, why, why, why do people care about this? But there are these people out there who've been able to create the, this industry with the explosion of the Internet and social media of being what they call social influencers. There's all sorts of documentaries about these people. They have all these different followers on TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. And so what they do is they make a living by going around and they, they get asked to, hey, come to stay in our hotel hotel and then put up nice things about it and and that's that's kind of how they make a living and i i've never for the life of me understood why anybody would allow themselves to be influenced on social media i mean that somebody you you don't know and haven't heard of and it's not like you you listen to them on a daily basis or something like that it's just hey this is Brittany from west virginia or wherever and i i'm here at this particular restaurant and it's really great and you need to do it or or look this is this is the costume jewelry that people are selling and you should do this i've never understood what it is that about the, the people who are famous for just simply being famous, what it is about them that would make people want to follow them or do the things that, that they say. But, but nevertheless, that, that is, of course, what's out there. So this, this is a prank. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a feature that appeared the other night on NBA, ABC's, you know, World News Tonight. Um, and it's something, that Payless Shoes did. Okay, so Payless Shoes is, I don't know that it's fair to say that they're a discount shoe store, but they're, they're not, you know, the, they are they are affordable, everyday shoes. If you're looking to get yourself a good pair of shoes, you could go to Payless and you can pay a lot less than you would if you go to somewhere else. So this is something that Payless Shoes decided to do with regard to a number of those so-called social influences, influencers that are out there. Here's the report. The experiment making headlines by the chain Payless Shoes. They held a grand opening of a luxury store with a different name but the same shoes and charged hundreds more for those same shoes. Customers paid. Here's ABC's Kana Whitworth. Behold, Palessi. We built a fake luxury store in Los Angeles and filled it with Payless Shoes. The guests at our grand opening party had no idea. Guests invited to check out what looked like a luxury shoe shop. They're elegant, sophisticated. I just think it's so classy. And I could tell it was made with high quality material. A $35 shoe going for $645, an 1800% markup. Store owners sat on their heels as fashion influencers emptied their wallets. I would pay 400 500 yeah. People are going to be like, <gasps> Where'd you get those? Those are amazing. Then they're let in on the prank. These are actually from Payless. You've got to be kidding me. Shut up. Are you serious? But those shoppers were refunded their money and they got to keep the shoes. David Payless calling it a provocative social experiment designed to challenge today's image conscious culture. Either way, it was an effective PR stunt. Yeah. David. Clearly a marketing ploy, but they paid. Kana, thank you. Clearly.
clearly a marketing ploy. No, th- this is, and a matter of fact, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. I've got a link to the story so you can see this. Now, here, here's what the, the real takeaway of this is. You know, what, what's that they say about a fool and his or her money soon being parted? Uh, it, it's so like pay less. What they do is they, they find a, like a, a Tony shopping district in Los Angeles and they set this up to look like it's some fancy Italian shoe store you know with all the, the specialty things then they invite all these social influencers are there or the, these people with more money than they know what to do with and and they put out the, these it's, it's payless shoes it's kind of funny if you look at it it's a sneaker okay the sneaker goes for 35 bucks Except they put it on, they sell it for seven hundred and forty dollars. It's a thirty-five dollar pair of tennis shoes, and the, 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 there's this guy saying, "Oh, this is great! I mean, the, these things—they're well worth six hundred and fifty dollars." And again, it's just—it's up and down. Watching these people who have, I guess, more money than sense, just raving about these things, and it's—it's it's kind of. I've always felt that there's a degree of that. Look, I, I appreciate that there's quality items, and I appreciate that you, you know, I, I learned early on when I first started practicing law that I, I just, I didn't like to buy cheap suits because they never fit right, and they didn't last very long. And so I, a lot early in my legal career, I said, look, I'd rather have one good suit than three crummy suits. And I'm, I'm proud to say I, I have suits that I bought a long time ago, I mean, 20 years ago, that still fit, and they're they're still they're fine. I could I could wear them tomorrow, and they would be absolutely fine because they stayed in style and they're they're high quality and they still fit me. And maybe you have to tailor them a little bit, but they're, but they're okay. You buy the cheap suits and it doesn't work. But th- this idea that just because we put a fancy name on something, pay lessy, <laughs> and we put a high price tag on it doesn't mean that you're necessarily getting better quality or anything else, but yet people are, are so willing to say, gee, if they're charging $650 for this tennis shoe, it must be something special. And what it is, it's a $35 pair of tennis shoes from Payless. So a fool and his or her money are soon parted, and this is a classic example of that. When we come back, I think it's the most interesting story of the day, and I want to hear how you feel about it. Stick around. So, I, I prepare for the show that this morning. I'm looking. I'm, I'm in my my office at home, and I'm looking at stuff. If you had been around, you would have heard the the scream as I'm going like, what? And this is what I want to talk to you about next. It is a heavy breathing story in USA Today. Here's the headlines. Most U.S. states don't have universal air conditioning in prisons. Let me read that again. Most U.S. states don't have universal air conditioning in prisons. Climate change, heat waves might make it torture. All right. Um, Let's see. About 30% of the roughly 100 prison facilities in Texas are fully air conditioned. The rest are not. And Texas is far from alone. At least 44 states, including some of those with the nation's highest temperatures, don't have universal air conditioning in their prisons. All right. 44 states, they don't have universal air conditioning in their prison. The ACLU director of the National Prison Project says, well, that this is a question of values, whether we as society find it acceptable to torture incarcerated people and expose them to conditions that we know are going to kill at least a few of them. We are torturing 
incarcerated people by not having central air conditioning. And, and yes, Wisconsin is one of those 44 states that does not have universal air conditioning. According to USA Today, the state's facilities aren't universally air conditioned, and the age of some buildings and various remodels have resulted in a hodgepodge of cooling systems, Wisconsin Department of Corrections spokesperson John Beard said. So, yes, we we in Wisconsin are theoretically torturing some of our inmates because... Gee, on a couple days when it gets really hot, you might be a little bit uncomfortable. Our number is 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, my comment, and if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 I've got a link to this story. My comment was, all right, I, if, if you are concerned about the prisons not having air conditioning, I have a simple solution. I do. I do. Don't commit crimes that get you tossed into prison, and then you're not going to have to worry about it. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I swear, I, I, it's just it, the world has gone absolutely mad with, with this whole idea that we're now supposed to centrally air-condition prisoner, prisons so that some guy doing 25 to life for armed robbery or rape or attempted murder, so he's comfortable in a climate-controlled setting, oh, in, I don't know, in July, because, you know, in Florida in July, it gets really hot. Well, it gets hot all sorts of other places as well. <laughs> if, if we have money for central air conditioning, first of all, it's before you spend a dime air conditioning the prisons, I, I would start air conditioning the schools. I'm at least a little bit more sympathetic to that. But, I, you know, how many people, seriously, don't have air conditioning to this day. Or, I mean, I, I remember the first house we purchased, um, really nice house, relatively expensive house, Whitefish Bay, a block off the lake, didn't have air, central air conditioning, didn't have air conditioning at all. Now, ultimately, we ended up spending the money and putting it in. But you know what? On those kind of hot summer days, we had a couple fans, and we ended up making do. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's tee this up. Are you outraged? Are you outraged and upset that 44% of the states don't have universal air conditioning in prisons? 855-616-1620. My category and lead into this is the, the world has absolutely gone mad. If, if this, this is the deal, oh, we're concerned because some of these prisoners might be overly warm in, you know, August or September or July. Well, I'm sorry. You put some fans in, but this idea that we have to have central air conditioning for people who have committed crimes against society, which have got them tossed into prison. And as I say repeatedly on this program, the truth is you got to work to get thrown into prison. That That's just the, the reality. Prison, you have either had to do something really bad or you've had to do a series of progressively bad things and passed up your first chance and your second chance or your third chance. But of all the different things that I'm going to be concerned with, lack of universal air conditioning in prison, let's see, that's about number 3,000 on my list of 3,000 things to worry about. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Daisy. Daisy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. I yes, just sir. was telling your screener, my kids go to Waukesha South High School. They don't have air conditioning in that high school. 
Um, my daughter is a, is a um, goes to UW Oshkosh. They certainly don't have air conditioning in the in the on campus housing. She's now in off campus housing, but same thing. She doesn't have air conditioning. People can live without air conditioning, and frankly, a prisoner isn't guaranteed to have air conditioning in their own home outside of the prison system either. Yeah. Well, what? No, no, that's it. The ACLU, the ACLU wants the, the pri- that's exact. The ACLU wants the prisons to be nicer than the guy living on the street. I mean, you're exact. You know, Daisy, you make such a good point. My guess is a lot of the people that were out there on the streets before they committed the horrible crimes, they didn't have air conditioning. I, Daisy, I cannot believe that the, the, the I cannot believe that your school district is torturing. They are torturing your daughter by making her go to a place that doesn't have air conditioning. <laughs> I, I, Don't tell my children. They'll agree. Right, <laughs> right. Thanks for the call. I, I appreciate. It. No, okay. When it's really hot, you 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 bring in some fans and stuff. And by the way, it, it's not. We're not talking about chain gangs or anything like that. Oh, you know, it's warm when the guys are. I don't know. You know, out in the prison yard, kind of like walking around. Look, and I look, and I'm sure. Like, for example, if you're in Alabama in August, my guess is it gets a little bit hot in some of those prisons. But again, my idea is. Um, well, okay, don't, don't commit crimes. Jeff, my daughter is a guard at a state correctional facility and it's not air conditioned. Um, it is pretty miserable in the summer. If the state doesn't care about its employees, why would they care about prisoners? Well, I think if nothing else, um, I don't know if the state doesn't care about its employees, but I could see, you know, having some central offices or something where you're, you know, if you want to have like the central offices and you want to have that air conditioned, but the fact that we're going to do this for the prisoners, I don't think so, Jeff, who in their right mind would pay for central air conditioning a prison? Just how about that same money to be for central air for low-income families who can't afford the AC or not in jail? Or, again, the kids in school and things like that, this idea that air conditioning has now become a fundamental right. Jeff, I guess from now on we have to make sure that every courthouse uh, that every uh, courthouse is air conditioned. Um, Jeff, I think we also have to make sure that every crack house is air conditioned as... Well, um, Jeff, I think the idea is to make it uncomfortable so someone doesn't want to go back to prison. Well, I would think that there would be an element of that as well. Let's talk to Jim. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, hi. Uh, Jeff, uh, you can sit there in a fancy office in air conditioning. I've got a cousin who works at the state correctional uh, prison in Racine. He's in there. It's 90 degrees. He's got a uniform he's got to wear. With all these people, it's brutal. So you're, you know, it's easy for you people to say, oh, they shouldn't Us have people? I, it's not for the, the no, you don't understand. It's not for the guards. It's for the prisoners. They don't, this USA Today study, the ACLU doesn't give a rat's rump about the guards. They care about the prisoners. Well, the guards are affected by it well, because they got to work in that environment. Okay, well, that's it. That's it. These uniforms on? Okay, well, that's, again, there's all sorts of people. Look, I I don't want to be a prison guard, okay? I I understand that. And I understand you can make an argument that prison guards are underpaid. But at the same time, there's all sorts of jobs out there that people are working in, factory workers in the heat, people who are working on roofs and stuff like that, where the jobs, there isn't central air conditioning. But again, to your point, the, the, the USA Today study, the ACLU, like I say, they don't give, they don't care about the guards. They're upset that the prisoners have to sit in unair conditioned space. Sorry. Julie, Julie, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What do you think? Yeah. So I remember this very vividly. I went to school at a Racine High School, and there was a Sturdivant prison that was being built less than five miles from our high school. And before the inmates um, were uh, shipped in, they gave us a tour of the facilities. And they had a larger library, much larger than our high school. Further, they had air conditioning units. And yeah. <laughs> this sort of in prison was by far nicer than our high school. Yep. And I remember some of my classmates, some of my classmates that might not have had the best of home situations. They were saying to me, they're like, man, this is nicer than my house. This is nicer than my school. Yeah, yeah. What kind of message is that? Well, what it, kind of message is that? Well, it, young it, people. Exactly. The message is, well, if you commit crimes, this won't be that bad. Thank, I have a text here. Jeff, this is, um, it's, I mean, here, here's the deal. Um, if you're, uh, they shouldn't commit crimes. However, prisoners are meant, prisons are meant for rehabilitation. They're also meant as a way of protecting society, and they're meant to incarcerate people for punishment to, as well. Torture is not a form of rehabilitation. I just I, I love the lefty mindset. Now, lack of air conditioning constitutes torture. That is where we are in our society nowadays. If we don't have air conditioning for the prisoners, they are being tortured. And you wonder why the world is going crazy. I, I gave Alex Crow the answer to the question after that I, that I posed to him. What, what, what is something big going on in the world of entertainment tonight? And I gave him the answer, and he said, "You know, you you could have given me a hundred guesses, and I would not have have gotten that." And I said, "Well, that that actually is reflective of this tonight. The years and years ago." If you, you know, are a student of pop culture or you follow those things, or even if you're just kind of a casual fan, you would have, you would have been aware that tonight is the Emmy Awards. The Emmy Awards are where, where TV recognizes the, the best comedy show, the best, you know, it's, it's the Oscars for television. And, and there was a time when the Emmy Awards drew huge ratings, not not Oscar type of ratings, but but huge ratings. Why? Because everybody watched TV and we all watched kind of the same TV shows because there were only there were only certain limited TV shows that we could watch. I mean, I I understand that, you know, this is before Al Gore invented the Internet. But when I was growing up, you, you had the, the, you had ABC, you had NBC, you had CBS, you had PBS. And that was, you know, pretty much it. Then you had a couple like UHF channels that showed reruns and things like that. But I mean, the, the, the list of television shows that you could watch were, it was very, very, well, it was limited. It was what the three networks, you know, put on TV. Now, what you see is you have this entire universe of things. And I think we talked about this a while ago that the, the network TV shows, the ones on broadcast TV, very few uh, of those shows are, are even nominated. And so if you want to watch the Emmys, I mean, you, you have to, you have to have these streaming services. And if you have HBO Max, you can watch some of this stuff, but you're going to miss shows if you don't have HBO Max and Showtime or Amazon Prime or Hulu or, or whatever, where a lot of these different shows air. And I understand, or Netflix, I understand that for some people, you know, you, you've, you've got it all. 
Um, my wife keeps threatening to kind of look through our budget as to how much money I spend on all these things and, and start, you know, cutting things out, which I'm, I'm resisting that thus far, but it would be smart and it would be frugal. But at the same time, what's going on here is if for people who watch the Emmys tonight, my guess is you are not going to have seen probably two-thirds of the different shows that, that you hear that are nominated. And I, I guess that maybe you haven't even heard of maybe half of them. I mean, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking through the list, for example, Best Drama Series, Better Call Saul, which was on basic cable, AMC, Euphoria on HBO, never seen it, Ozark on Netflix, seen it, Severance on Apple TV, never seen it, Squid Game on Netflix, never seen it, Stranger Things on Netflix, don't like it. Succession on HBO. Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Th- those are the things. Um, comedy series. Abbott Elementary. That's on ABC. Barry on HBO. Curb Your Enthusiasm. HBO. Hacks on HBO. Marvelous Mrs. Meisel on Amazon. Only Murders in the Building. Um, Hulu. Ted Lasso on Apple. What We Do on Shadows on FX. But but again, you, you have to have all these different type of services or else... You've never seen the show, which is one of the reasons why I, I think a, a lot of people just have completely lost interest in the, these shows, these award shows, because you just don't know. Limited series, Dope Sick on Hulu, haven't seen it. Dropout on Hulu, haven't seen it. Inventing Anna on Netflix, haven't seen it. Pam and Tommy on Hulu, watch that. Um, the White Lotus on HBO, heard of it, haven't seen it. You know, and it just goes on and on. Uh, there's just so much out there that people haven't seen the vast majority of it. Our number is 855-616-1620. We only got a couple minutes. But do you have any interest in watching the Emmys tonight? And if not, why Why is it? And I just think it's because it's so dull in cable. There's going to be over 560 um, scripted series, over 560, and they're scattered all over these different platforms, and there's no way that people can watch all of these. And so I think one of the reasons that my guess is the Emmy Awards are going to draw very, very few viewers is nobody's heard of three-quarters of the shows that are on there and certainly hasn't watched that. So, you know, why bother? 855-616-1620. Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. If I did watch it, it would just be for background noise. Well, I read a book. Uh, otherwise, I really don't have, have any interest in it because I only have finished watching or watched three of the shows. Yeah, and I just, I just, I don't, I'm not familiar with any of the other ones, and I'm not going to waste away a whole evening when I can just check the results online tomorrow. Well, right, and and also my guess is, let's say that I mean, let, let's say you you don't have Apple TV just for the sake of argument, and if Ted Lasso, which I think is a mm-hmm. really good show, if Ted Lasso wins, that's not going to motivate you to go out and 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 buy Apple TV or subscribe to that, is it? No, yeah. I, re- I respect the show. I understand sure. it's good, but I just don't have any base interest in it, and I probably won't ever watch it anyway. Yeah, no, I, th- I mean, I, th- I think that's it. Now, obviously, what what the the 
the producers and stuff hope is that, okay, you, you hear, hey, there's this great show on Amazon TV that, that's just won this award, and now everybody's going to want to flock to it to see it. I just don't, I don't think that's the way people watch. Jeff, I'm around your age. I'd rather watch me TV. <laughs> well, there's, there, there's that. There are people, you know, watching the reruns of Bonanza and stuff. Jeff, it's not that we haven't seen half these shows. It's that we really don't want to listen to these celebrities preach to us about their politics. We don't care. Just shut up and entertain us. Well, I think there's an element of that. Jeff, I have no interest at all. I don't need to listen to Hollywood elites preaching about electric cars and climate change. No, thank you. Jeff, I think that the Emmys are culturally dead. No one cares. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. Jeff, as a past award show watcher, I stopped three to five years ago because of streaming shows. I and Plus, I also just got tired of the actor's agenda. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's an element of that as well. Jeff, for me, there's no point. I, I've got an antenna. I watch stuff on broadcast, and I, again, it's like, all right, why are you going to spend three hours you know, seeing who wins an award in a show that you've never heard of, that you have no vested interest in, and you're not going to watch? Jeff, for me, I would rather watch Paint Dry. Well, there's it. Jeff, I don't watch the Emmys, but I do use the results to determine which of the many shows that are out there to watch in the future. Well, I guess there's, I mean, again, there there is an element of that, but just, I guess that's how you use it. Just because a show wins an Emmy doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to run out and watch it. But I, I do concede if, if something wins an Emmy and I have that service already, I might be inclined to, um, I might be inclined to do that. I maybe check it out, I guess. But I think, you know, the bottom line is that the relevance of as as the number of options that people have had has expanded, the relevance of these award shows I think has gone down uh, dramatically. That to be said, um, Better Call Saul, which was one of my favorite shows that ended this year, they win an award or two. I will not be unhappy, but I'm going to find out about it tomorrow because I'm not going to be watching tonight.